You are now listening to Double Jump Radio. G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of Double Jump Radio. I'm your co-host, Apia, and I'm joined once again by my co-host, John. John, how are you, my friend? I'm alright. I'm playing, watching Stranger Things, which we'll talk about later. I've been playing games, which we might talk about, but probably not. Otherwise, <laughs> alright. <laughs> We're also joined by a special guest, Kai Holroyd. Kai, how you doing, my friend? Hello, hello. I am wonderful. Well, yeah, I'm really good. Good, good to have you back. Yeah, uh, always a pleasure. Got yourself some new digs. Yeah, got to dust off the old headphones and actually have a desk, so I'm not just balancing my mic on a pile of books. <laughs> no. uh, th- this is what we do for you. Uh, Kai moved house, set up a new studio for you the viewers yep. and the listeners <laughs> um if you could see outside the door there is a pile of stuff i've yet to unpack you literally moved but, this week right uh i moved today oh wow holy oh, busy <laughs> wow that is dedication folks that is dedication yep. right there thank you thank you so much dude thanks for, now i feel really That's bad the whole word guarantee <laughs> i was like hey man is it okay if we move up one day <laughs> Next minute. <laughs> yeah, and stuff can wait. <laughs> you got the essentials out. It's a chair, a desk, and a podcast setup. Yeah. Yeah, microwave, everything else. It's not necessary. Yep. <laughs> well, uh, um, let's uh, let's dive straight into the news because it's been a, a pretty, pretty bumper like news week in a way. I think um, with uh, the PlayStation State of Play kicking things off. Uh, uh, kicking off Summer Games Fest. I think it af- it officially had the Summer Games Fest branding I saw in the top left corner. So I'm going to officially declare this the start of the Summer Games Fest well and truly uh, happening. Yeah, yeah. let's clap it on. <laughs> I feel like we need a bell. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Like a ribbon to cut, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's better. <laughs> well, uh, John, do you want to kick us off with... Uh, I guess like a rundown of what was announced at the the state of play presentation uh, on I think it was Friday, wasn't it? Like Friday our time. Uh, Friday was sounds Saturday. right. Yeah, well, what, I've already forgot. <laughs> um, but I will be yes, yeah. So, but like Sony's like kind of the first shot of this E three season a few days before everything else on this Friday. So like yeah, more than a few days, a week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'll be running through the recap i wrote for dub jump that you can check out online if you're listening um otherwise you can just watch the presentation that probably helps too um so yeah so first off the announcement of resident evil 4 remake announced for 2023 um this has been rumored forever as far as i remember like at least a couple of years or so but it's been finally revealed it's kind of in the same going from the trailer it seems to be very much in line with the previous two remakes we have remake uh, Resident Evil 2 remake and 3 remake so a lot darker more grounded far less campy than the original 4 is which I don't know I'm kind of mixed on personally so, but yeah question on that is it <laughs> like what is it actually less campy or is it just like because of the what they've shown so far that it's because like you can see more of the gore that maybe it comes across that way maybe I don't know I guess we can't know but it definitely 
feels similar to mm. like i don't know i think the idea is that they it feels like you know of one with the previous two remakes so i'd be surprised if it's all that similar i don't know i kind of like the idea of like if you're going to remake i like that it has like a completely different tone mm. personally as someone who really likes the original four so like, i don't anyway. know if you can take the camp out of resident evil like, it's a serious yeah. some, a guy punched a boulder into nothing well that was five but <laughs> let's see how they do five <laughs> but, um yeah this one they yeah. have like a giant automata automaton that like chases you across a bridge like one of the villains is like a you know a like 20 or like an 18 year old pale dwarf man who's like constantly cackling at you while he runs oh, out of the room oh, and just like oh god yes yeah, um, oh this is a like that was the whole twist with the game was like oh these something's up with these villagers and it turns out they've got this gigantic worm thing and like a really bad case of tapeworm <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to put it. Um, <laughs> I just <laughs> thank you. I just remember that guy that like because I didn't play the original four when it came out in its time, but I watched a, a playthrough of it a couple of years ago, and I was like, "This is like, there's something about it. there's there's a lot of charm in Resident Evil Four, I think." Yeah, it's very openly silly, even by Resident Evil standards. Yeah. Um, but the trailer also reveals that. Um, quote, PlayStation VR 2 content is also in development for the game. Um, I don't know. No one, like, the way it's worded means that it could either be sectioned off content on its own or it could be, like, a full VR mode mm. in line with RE7, even though it's, like, third person. Mm. I don't know. It, like, we don't know what that means yet. There was a VR, like, an Oculus version of Resident Evil 4 that came out a couple of years ago, and apparently that was, like, a, a complete overhaul um, oh, that was like three months ago, wasn't it? That was very was recent. It, was it very recent? I thought it was longer, but I could be, I could yeah. be mistaken. Um, but yeah, that one apparently is like a really good conversion. From what I saw, it seemed like it was um, like actually changed, like uh, the movement and everything was changed to suit VR. So maybe this might be a similar thing here as well. Yeah, maybe. Mm. Mm. Um, maybe the VR is where they put all the camp. Yes, <laughs> it's only in VR mode. The normal one is really dark and gritty. <laughs> you put on the <laughs> VR headset, nothing but silliness. Yeah, it's it's just it's just that little dwarf king man just running around, <laughs> just... just chasing him. <laughs> That's all you're doing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The big music playing <laughs> as you just chase him around the rooms. Oh. Um... Uh... Yeah, sorry. I, yes. <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, Resident Evil 4 Remake is set to launch on March 24 next year. So it's mm. a little bit away still. Mm. Seems like an early announcement, I think, for a game like this. But I guess that implies it's going to have like kind of a long marketing cycle as one of their big releases. Yeah. And um, we should expect to see more in the, I think, uh, June 13th, like American time, which I think is June 14th for us. Capcom announced it's going to do its own summer games first kind of like little presentation and it's going to have well i think it, it, capcom was pretty upfront and said everything they're going to show is like m like extended looks at games that are already announced oh so really I oh. this would be yeah like i no, saw that like yeah. a little while ago and mm. it's just like oh i really hope dragon's dungle 2 is announced but apparently not so yeah oh well did that um, deep down game ever get come out no okay 
because I I I, va- I vaguely remember that at like the PS4 kind of like announcement like that time as like being like a teaser for like what the new the new Capcom engine was going to be capable of but I don't I don't think anything ever came of that. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll see it in Dragon's Dogma. Hopefully, we'll, I don't know. Yeah. But it's like, um, yeah, we'll see what Capcom's got stored mm. for next next week, I guess. Yeah, yeah. we have a lot to talk about next week. <laughs> um, yeah, so after that was a four like short trailers for PlayStation VR 2 titles. So first is PlayStation um, Evil Village or PlayStation Evil... <laughs> what am I saying? <laughs> Resident Evil Village. Resident Evil, Evil Village or... Yeah. <laughs> Resident Evil Village or Resident Evil 8. Um, it's just where Jim Ryan say it. hangs out. <laughs> Sounds about right. I was um, thinking a bunch of, it's exactly Resident Evil Village, but Astro Bot is coming up. I'm just picturing it's just um, Jim Ryan is just that little sailor looking king kid from Resident Evil 4 running Sony. <laughs> <laughs> it's very easy to project his face onto that model, I think. <laughs> Someone has to make that. Oh my God. I can just picture that type of character writing that email, talking about his cats, and then going into like, you know, the abortion rights. It's a matter of opinion, <laughs> and then cackling. I gotta stop inviting these tangents. Um, <laughs> sorry, so sorry. <laughs> Damn it, Kai! What have you done? <laughs> my, um, my presence. <laughs> so sorry, John. Please continue. Please. Okay, I'll go faster. Um, so Resident Evil Village is coming to PSVR 2. VR 2, it will, quote, bring this story campaign in its entirety to be playable in VR. So assumably that's exactly same like kind of um, approach that Resident Evil 7 got, like mm. a full game mm. mode with nothing really left out. Yeah. So um, after that was um, the announcement of The Walking Dead, colon, Saints and Sinners, dash, mm. Chapter 2, colon, Retribution. <laughs> full title um it's already been announced early yeah. in the year it's like um <laughs> first and bloody announce it. <laughs> yeah mm. um first yeah so the first satan sinners came out like a couple of years ago or so got very good reviews um as a vr title first one's been announced for a few months i'm pretty sure um this one's being announced for psvr and psvr 2 so ps4 and ps5 um, PS4 version will launch later this year. PS4, PS5 version will launch next year sometime, assumedly gotcha. with the VR hardware. Yeah, with the new VR2. Mm. Um, no Man's Sky will be supporting PSVR2. Um, the original PS4 version received an update for the first PSVR. I'm sick of saying these words already. Um, PSVR support in 2019, um, but... Hello Games, the developer, says it will leverage the improved hardware to, quote, take that sense of immersion and believability up by several major notches. So, yeah, kind of what you expect mm. with that announcement, but, yep. Um, lastly, a full, kind of more full-featured trailer for the spin-off, Horizon spin-off, Horizon Call of the Mountain, made by Guerrilla Games and Fire Sprite, which... Um, I think PlayStation purchased last year or something like that. They're quite a now listening to Double Jump. Um, it kind of outlines the story premise, which honestly sounds the same as the last two games. You know, machines are turning evil. We need to figure it out. Um, so, but it kind of highlights climbing and archery as the main VR-specific gameplay mechanics. 
So um, yeah, so first previous game was just like sitting a canoe and then it's over. That's a very, very quick teaser. Um, so yeah, first good look at the game. Um, after that was the announcement of a major first, oh not first, but a major update for Horizon Forbidden West from earlier this year. Mm. So includes a few quality of life features, like an improved performance mode, transmog, like kind of double jump being able to like, you know, customize your armor to however you want it and respec your skill points into wherever you want rather than having to restart the game, I guess, is where mm. it was at before. As well as a new game plus mode and a new ultra hard difficulty mode. <laughs> so yeah, that came out when this stream happened. So it's been out for a few days now. Mm. After that, I don't <laughs> try to go through this fast. Um, Marvel Spider-Man games from Insomniac. They're both coming to PC later this year. So mm-hmm. Spider-Man Remastered, which is specifically a PS5 version, as I understand it. So this is the one that added ray tracing support, dual sense features, and updated the character model of Peter Parker just because the old model wasn't applicable with like current gen technology anymore. No, whatever the reason was. Yeah, the, let me let's be honest. Well, it like it wasn't Tom Holland enough. Let's let's. Yeah. Because I'm yeah. pretty sure that the newer guy looks a lot more like Tom Holland than the original actor. Yeah, that's... Well, <laughs> close to, but not close enough to get to. Yeah, it's Tom Holland. <laughs> um, yeah, so the first... So Spider-Man Remaster will be releasing on August 12th on PC. Um, the PC port of Miles Morales, the sort of pseudo-quill, side-quill thing. Um, that's launching soon afterwards, sometime mm. in spring this year. So that's, yeah, around the same time. After that was the announcement, a new trailer for Stray, the kind of sci-fi, cyberpunky-looking action-adventure thing where you play a cat with robotic stuff on its back. I don't know. It looks a little (laughs) robotic. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, It's very eerie. (laughs) It's a very eerie atmosphere. Mm. Um, Yeah, so Stray has a release date which I don't think I had earlier. Mm. Um, release date of July 19, so coming up pretty soon, mm. as well as the announcement that Stray will be debuting as a day one release on the higher tiers of PlayStation Plus that's launching in Australia on June 22. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this is PlayStation Plus Extra and PlayStation Plus Deluxe yeah. or Premium in countries that have actual streaming support that we don't. Mm. Um yeah, so I'm not sure how. I'm kind of curious how many more of those kind of games we're getting, you yeah. know, because like Game Pass has a big, that's been a big part of the um, service for a little while now. Mm. And so it's like, oh yeah, I kind of forgot PlayStation could do that as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, now it will. And it's got, um, uh, and, and just with Stray, it'll come to PC at the same time. Right. Yeah. So if you don't have a, a PlayStation console, you can still get your, you know, your cat, your feline fix so to speak, if you want to. Yeah. That, that's the game I need a VR mode for. <laughs> First yeah, person actually, mode. I love that. But um Oh wow, you actually but you have to get on your hands and knees and you have to like walk on a treadmill and just walk around. <laughs> <laughs> if, I don't if, want it can, if it can give me the contentedness <laughs> I see in a cat lying in a patch of sun, I will do whatever it takes. <laughs> uh, that's that's next um, year's that's next year's like you know, state of play, and no, it's like the killer app that PSVR two needs. Yep, yeah, <laughs> happiness. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
following that was the first gameplay reveal for the Callisto Protocol, the new action horror game from Dead Space creator Glenn Schofield. Um, it's kind of not very subtly positioned as like a Dead Space successor. And that was before the Dead Space remake was announced and revealed as well. Mm. So um, that Callisto Protocol is due out on December 2nd. And it's a cross-gen game, so PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series consoles, and PC. Yeah, so again, December. Um, after that was the announcement of Rollerdrome from the makers of the Oli Oli series, Roll7. Mm-hmm. So they actually, like, Oli Oli World just came, just came out. So this is <laughs> it's coming out very soon afterwards. Um from my impressions of the trailer, it kind of looks like Tony Hawk Pro Skater with Max Payne combined. Like that's my yeah. impression from it. I'm kind of hoping that's kind of close to what it is. And with a like a, a like a cell shaded kind of art style, it looks very reminds me of like the Jet Set games from like the Dreamcast and the original Xbox. That's... Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I have thoughts on Jet Set, but continue, John. No tangents. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yes, the Rollerdrome is launching on August 16 on PS5, PS4, and PC, launching on Steam specifically. Um, after that was the announcement of Eternites, kind of out of nowhere, I think, compared to a lot of these games. <laughs> um, from Studio Psy, it is a, quote, dating action game, which I think is a good way to describe what the trailer presents. Yeah. So, dating sim plus kind of character action-y um, action game. Yeah. And... It's, I think get too much else from it. Yeah, it's like a third-person um, action game where, like, the main character, he's, like, you know, typical kind of, like, what, what is it, shonen, like, you know, kind of teenage mm. schoolboy. He's he's missing part of his right arm, but the part that's missing is replaced with, like, some mystical hand so he can punch, like, do really crazy moves and stuff. I didn't realize it was a, it was a dating game until, like, the second half of the trailer where it, did the whole thing where it's like first person and the girl's looking at you and like, uh, and then and then it says and then there was the commentary saying like, action meets dating sim in it. and I'm like oh wow, <laughs> not trying to hide it. I think yeah. I'm not sure. If, I think that makes it a little better. Yeah, which I think is I know not as bad innately or anything, but I think it's like it does like kind of it is kind of startling where it's like oh action game and then it's like it suddenly gets like very openly into. Dating sim territory. Uh, it's like, oh, okay, it, yeah. what's this? At least they're making that up front. You need to buy your game, game and yeah. suddenly it's like, oh. And it, and I, I, I'm pretty sure one of the like the one of the girls says, "Don't you believe in science or something like something really corny?" Because she's like meant to be the science, like the nerdy girl. Yeah, I think I remember that actually. And I was yeah. like, what? A lot of stereotypes. <laughs> um, yeah, the after... magic hand, doesn't he? <laughs> In a dating game? I wonder what that could mean. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, okay, so after that was Street Fighter Six. Um, yeah. yeah, so I do you want to talk about this here? Or should yeah, I cover I'll, it? I'll, I'll just quickly uh, cover it here. Just just like the basics that came from this particular trailer, um, and which is playing in the background at the moment for folks who are watching the video. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's confirmed... Uh, this is gameplay, so we saw like fights between uh, Luke and Jamie. Uh, Jamie being one of the new characters uh, introduced in this game. He's kind of like, apparently he's a fan of Yoon, Yin and Yang, Yoon and Yang, 
from like the final fight. I think from the final fight and like the previous Street Fighter game. So he's he's fr- he's like a Hong Kong peacekeeper, whatever that means. But he's like he's got uh, the the top of hair where it's like tr- it's kind of like you see in like traditional Japanese media where it's like it's like a like a high ponytail and it's like going up in the air. And then he's got like the like kind of. I'm not sure, like, the the clothes you would have seen in, like, people who, like, maybe wore in, in China, like, you know, like, traditional Chinese wear, like, but ripped open, obviously, because it's Street Fighter. Uh, and he's got a mix of, like, drunken drunken martial arts kung fu um, mixed with, uh, like, capoeira or, like, dancing, because apparently he's a dancer as well. So he's got... He, he Think of, like, Eddie Gordo and Lei Wulong from Tekken, but, like, in one... It's a very yeah. weird thing, and apparently, as you drink, you get new abilities in the game. Like as you fight, which is a very like, it's it, it's something the series has done before with like characters like Hakan, where the more he rubs bo- baby oil on his body, he can like wrestle better. You know, th- you know things. You know, Street Fighter things, right? Like things you see in the street. Um, <laughs> and the, the 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 trailer seemingly confirms the game's uh, like hip hop soundtrack. And there's like, even the official website talks all about street and like being true to the street. And there's like graffiti all over. There's like splashes of like spray paint whenever you do big moves and stuff. It looks really cool. Um, and it, it also, I guess, teased the open world light. I'm using quote uh, single player mode. It, it's kind of like, think of PlayStation Home or Second Life. Or even like Fortnite, I guess, is like the modern kind of interpretation. As like that's like the menu system. You walk around, like the people you see around you could be like actual other players running around. It's like an interactive menu system. Um, it's something that I think the virtual fighter games and stuff have done before. And well, yeah, sorry. Yeah, like Capcom have like like described it as quote a single player immersive story mode. Which, so it seems yeah. like it will have like more to it mm-hmm. than like you know. It sounds like there's like ambition behind it. Yeah, from like Capcom described it exactly. And as part of that, there's something called the Battle Hub, which is basically like the online hub where you can fight other players. There's even like if you see on the like some of the screenshots, you can actually see like on the left side there's something called the Game Center where you can see stairs going up to like a whole bunch of arcade machines with old Street Fighter games. So it could be, I mean, it could just be like artwork. Like that's what like the newer Mortal Kombat games have done is just kind of had the like arcade machines of the original kind of Mortal Kombat trilogy just as like assets in the background. But based on the way things are where you're walking up to players and challenging them and stuff, there could be a potential that you could play classic Street Fighter arcade like game versions in the game and with other people. Like that would be a really, really cool thing if they do implement that. Um, uh, obviously on the, the trailer that went as part of the state of play, uh, PC, sorry, uh, PlayStation uh, was confirmed. But if you look at like kind of the, the official announcement, um, the Street Fighter Six is going to be a combination of PC, PS4, PS5, and Xbox Series. And it's coming next year. And uh, according to Capcom, it's going to be cross-play as well. So it's um, really, really oh, okay. cool. I'll, uh, I'll talk more a little bit. I'll talk more about kind of some of the details that have come out in the leaks uh, in, in, the re- in the news later on. But that's a kind of like a quick summary for now. All right, cool. Um, yeah, so so I don't think it's oh, there's a bit more. Okay, so after that was the announcement of Tunic, 
I'm mm-hmm. um, coming to PS4 and PS5 in September. And it's kind of like, I don't know, so I really want to play it. I haven't heard too much about it. Mm. As I understand it, it's kind of like classic Zelda crossed with Fez. Kind of yeah. got its own like sort of yeah. game language. That makes a lot sense. of puzzles. Very like, you know, a, like a depth to puzzles in the same way Fez does. Yeah. And yeah. You're, you're I'm excited to play it. Like, I think the world, like you're playing as like a fox in like a green tunic, like what Link has. And it has like the isometric view of like some of the 3DS Zeldas and the, um, and Fez. So it's, it's it's a very cool, very cool thing. It got a lot of buzz earlier this year when it came out on the Xbox and PC. So it's cool to see it coming to PlayStation. Mm. I'm I'm baffled that it's not coming to Switch because it seems like such a yeah, natural fit for mm. it. Mm. But maybe one day, maybe not. Maybe, maybe. Mm. Um. After that was um, the reappearance of Season, A Letter to the Future. So this game was first announced back at Game Awards 2020, so it's been a while. Wow. Um, immediately after it was announced, there was reports of abusive management at the company, at the studio, Scavenger's Studio, um, oh. in which Games Industry but, um, dot biz, um, reported accusations with the studio's, quote, to- quote, toxic work environments, and that I... includes sexual harassment and sexist conduct and all that. I remember stuff. us talking about this because I think the, the publisher is Annapurna, and apparently they didn't do much. Yeah, right. I think yeah. I was... It was like one of the least, yeah, one yeah. of the things in the expose, yeah. Okay, because I think this happened like earlier mm. <laughs> as well. So oh, like this like God. expose, and that was must have been some sort of follow-up, because I remember that, yeah. Mm. Mm. Anyway, the game looks otherwise, aside from that, the game looks really nice, which is kind of heartbreaking. Um, I, I, apparently, like a lot of the management has been... I think since that happened, the management has been like largely cleaned up. I think from at least from the way so. it's been kind of publicized, which you know we can only know so much. Yeah. Um. So, a season a lot of the feature is slated to launch in spring later this year for PS5, PS4, and PC. So, launching on both Steam and Epic Game Store. Mm. And lastly, the new trailer for Final Fantasy 16 announcing a mid 2023 release date um introduced by producer naoki shooter uh now <laughs> naoki damn i gotta pr- pronounce this stuff before we record <laughs> um yeah so it kind of details a bit more on the game's story better look at the gameplay with the actual ui in place which i i from what i remember that wasn't the case before and yeah so it's just new details for people who are really following along as someone who isn't really following along too closely I kind of got a better sense of the story from what I remember last time, but not as strong. Yeah, it's so, it's very classic Final Fantasy. It rem- it's more Final Fantasy thirteen and twelve than Final Fantasy fifteen in terms of it doesn't have like that. Like Final Fantasy fifteen still had a lot of the class kind of like the 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 Middle Ages, like post Middle Ages, very clean version of medieval fantasy that like a lot of Japanese anime and fantasy kind of manga and games kind of take place in, but without the futuristic, like without like a car and like things like mobile phones and stuff that we saw in Final Fantasy 15. So it'd be interesting to see, like this looks like a very Final Fantasy ass Final Fantasy if I've ever seen. seen Yeah, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah, and it seems like the summons are called, like the summons, which are basically like an 
like I guess like gods you could call down to assist you in battle. Apparently they're called dominance, or the race of gods in this world are called dominance, and and I guess some people have the ability to control or to work with them. I don't know. It's yeah. My impression of it was like yeah. there's like a handful of like champions yeah. for those like godlike things, and they're yeah. like that's how they play in like the politics of the story. That was my impression of it. I'm not sure if that's accurate. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, interesting. It'd be yeah. I don't know. I'm, I, I, I think I'm just like kind of over this art style where it's like, it it, it it's, uh, maybe I'll put it this way. Like, I don't mind the look so much as the fact that that the desaturated colors and like the very kind of like mid tones throughout the whole thing. I wish it was a lot more colorful and vibrant. Who knows? Maybe by the time the final game ships, like they'll change it up. But I feel like this looked very like flat as like a trailer it's it's supposed to be a fantasy right that's um that's some color (laughs) yeah right especially when you got like you know gods and demons and magic and all this special effects and everything happening have uh, some fun with it if i was a god pastel everything (laughs) just okami everything (laughs) does 15 count as fun or (laughs) Ah, i haven't played it so I, i wouldn't be able to tell you but I saw seeing all the numbers bouncing off enemies and stuff has really got me kind of like intrigued about playing this. So maybe I don't know if I'm going to go back and play 15 cuz like I'm 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 weird where I played like I've only played like two JRPGs. One of them is Chrono Trigger and one of them is Final Fantasy 13. You know, you know the two pillars of Japanese gaming. <laughs> um that's a joke on Final Fantasy's part by the way, but uh, so yeah. it'll be interesting to see how this is because, like, I, as I remember, like Final Fantasy Thirteen is a very long game, and apparently the good bits of the game take like thirty hours to come up. And oh, you mean fifteen or thirteen? Th- uh, thirteen, sorry, thirteen. Oh, you did mean thirteen. Okay, but it's um. Anyway, yeah, that kind of wraps up the state of play for this year, I guess, or this season, I suppose. Mm. And um, yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> thanks, John. <laughs> Well, what what did you? I feel enlightened. What what did you think about the overall presentation, Kai? Like anything stand um, out? Look, Tunic stand stood out to me. Um, mm. We all know I love I love my indie games. Um, honestly, nothing nothing else really grabbed me. And part of that's just um, personally, I've gone away from some of the the big PlayStation series. Um, they're mm. just not scratching that itch for me anymore. Mm. Um, but I am excited by Resident Evil 4. Yeah. Um, honestly, if only for the merchant. I just want to, I just want to hear <laughs> him call me Stranger that. again. <laughs> Hello, yeah. Stranger. Got something that might interest you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, this is actually like yeah. maybe the most like curious part of it. I was like, oh, how are they going to do the merchant? <laughs> <laughs> 4K. You can see the, you can see like, the paws on his nose or whatever because I, I was like <laughs> the funny thing was i think it's something that i think it was good that it was never addressed is like how the hell is he just like just hanging around while, while all this chaos is around him and no one just seems to bother him yeah well i think the thing about it is it's like he's technically killable in the game he is yeah but he does seem to it does see which but he can't teleport throughout the world <laughs> so it's like there is some sort of logic to what he's doing I guess but maybe, 
maybe he's teleporting away from all the obviously evil ones and he just doesn't expect it coming from Leon. <laughs> maybe, maybe. That's what gets me is by the end of the game, you've forked out thousands to this dude. Yeah. Um, and he's still calling you stranger. Like, Come on, <laughs> man. man. My yeah, name is Leon. That's right. He never really <laughs> changes that, does he? Even no matter how deep into the yeah. game you are. <laughs> what well, does Leon even talk to him though? What like, if maybe it's, it's his fault? <laughs> what if they're all just like different ver- like they all represent the same person, but they're actually diff- they're all different one different um, merchants in each spot. Yeah, like a very big family. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hello, stranger. <laughs> oh you oh you, oh hi, you're Mr. Merchant. No, no, that's my brother. Please. Like like when you meet someone you didn't know was a twin and it turns out It's like that, yeah. Yeah. Like no, we we've met before, and they have no clue who you are. Who you are? And just like, <laughs> and they just keep asking you what you're buying, and you don't know why they why they keep yeah. asking you that. <laughs> it's like, why are you opening your trench coat? I don't want to buy anything. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's my first question when someone opens a trench coat. I don't want to buy anything. Um, yeah. No, I haven't I haven't thought about that because you never. Never says he's selling anything. He's got something that might interest you. Yeah, I mean, he says like, "What are you buying?" Like, and or, or what are you selling? He yeah. never, he never says what he's like really doing. Very suggestive. Yeah. It is shocking that Leon has never pulled a weapon on the merchant. It's so <laughs> creepy. Yeah, because he just kind of like just floats there, and like the um the Zer character in the Destiny series who's kind of like the merchant who comes every weekend and sometimes has special items every week. He's kind of like kind of based. He kind of like stands in a similar thing and he's he's in a cloak and he like teleports from place to place. So he's kind of like maybe some sort of homage to, to the stranger character, but just never... The, the sci-fi cousin of the merchant family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, we don't talk about him. <laughs> we don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> um, I will say as yeah. well, uh, like I'm pretty into Rollerdrome. I, I really cool. want to play that one. I hope it's good. Like it's, um, I mean, only like Roll Seven's made very good games, so mm. I hope it's it should be good. But you know, is is this made an impression on me? Is this the path to the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, like pseudo like spiritual successor that they've always wanted to make, but they couldn't, they couldn't like make it a skateboarding game just yet. They just had to test it with this to see if the engine works and. And if there's a market for it, and then the next game is going to be like their, you know, their magnum opus, their Tony Hawk's, you know, Ollie Ollie universe or whatever it'll be called. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I, I guess I could see that. Yeah, curious. It's like it, yeah, like it, it does seem like such a like they made a bunch of two D ish, mostly two D, like skating games, hmm. and then they jump over to Rollerdrome, which hmm. it feels like the hardest thing they were able to pull off there was the shooting mechanics. Yeah, not so much the skating, rollerblading part. Mm. I mean, maybe I don't. I obviously have no idea, but it's just <laughs> well, you you don't go shooting part. when you you don't go to the shooting range on your roller rollerblades. You don't play paintball with your rollerblades. <laughs> Must no, be a like, Melbourne thing. <laughs> yeah, Melbourne thing. We don't do that down here in Perth, but uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah. yeah. No, it could a... be de- totally on them. Yeah, you t- could be totally right about that, though. It's like, don't know where they're really heading on. as a developer. Speculating. Next minute, um, one person in, like, Roll7 copyright strikes us so that the secret doesn't get out. The leak the leak doesn't get out. We'll be silenced. 
There you go, shooting in Melbourne. (laughs) Paintball. We're talking about paintball, folks. Paintball and rollerblading. I'm I'm, I'm a guest on this show. (laughs) (laughs) Your opinion is liability. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Well, uh, let's let's move on to the next, uh, I guess, like follow-on piece of news, which is some more details emerging about Street Fighter VI. So as I mentioned before, Street Fighter Six is going to be like a move away from Unreal Engine and going to be based on Capcom's own RE Engine, which I think has been very, which I think has been like very well reviewed and very well regarded, um, but with all the remakes, all the Resident Evil remakes over the past couple of like few years now, actually, I think eventually we're going to get to a point like the remakes are going to catch up to the main games. <laughs> What's going to happen then? The Resident Evil Seven remake. <laughs> Well, they remake one again, probably. Yeah, <laughs> the that'll be one. the re-remake. Yeah. It's like, now your grandpa, your dad, and you can play your own version of Resident Evil 1. <laughs> None of them will be as good as Resident Evil 2. Yeah. Which one, though? <laughs> the remake or the original? Any. <laughs> it's, I think it's like, oh, granddad's talking about not having analog sticks again. <laughs> 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 uh, well, uh, this uh, just to, just to follow on um, from the the previous news around Street Fighter, we've had I guess we've had some official news uh, be confirmed. So uh, Capcom, uh, I guess, updated the official Street Fighter Six website with some news with some with some details about it. One of the things. Uh, is the fact that there's a new system called the Drive Gauge, which replaces the V-Trigger from Street Fighter V, excuse me, and the Focus Attack um, from Street Fighter IV. Essentially, those mechanics let you press like a, like a couple extra buttons to, how should I put it, to um, engage, like to modify some of the moves you already had or put your character in a different state so you can kind of get out of like you know attacks and things like that as well so this this means that each each character will be able to use part of this kind of meter to to do special moves or to parry which is also coming back uh parrying i guess for folks who aren't familiar is when an attack is coming towards you it's kind of like you kind of hit it away from you like say someone's going to punch you you kind of like knock their hand away then you can deliver your own strike so that's something that was in street fighter 3 as a as a like a mechanic however the only animations and stuff you had was like when you made a successful move so you there was no kind of like um like whiff or misses like there was nothing really for that but in this game there is so there's there's going to be a bit more reward for skill um you know especially if you're on the defensive uh another another thing that's happening um for street fighter 6 is the the introduction or reintroduction of like an easier, like simplified control scheme. So folks who might be familiar with Street Fighter as it, as it is, uh, they're probably used to hearing things like, oh, uh, a, high, a fireball is quarter circle forward with, uh, with a punch or half circle back with a kick. Basically, that, that's like, you know, that's represented the joystick or the analog stick movements you'd make or the D-pad movements, motions you'd make Com, com, uh, compared uh, like in conjunction with a button now it's simplified to like you know you could do a fireball with just forward and triangle for example or uh, or things like that obviously 
you won't have access to the full moves list. So it's like it's a it's a good way to kind of get into fighting games so that the barrier to entry is less about the physical ability to make moves and more so on the mental aspect of what moves to do when and you know thinking about what my character what the other character is doing what the opponent's doing and and kind of getting more into the 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 mind games the tactics of that rather than just like trying to get a fireball out which as we know like is never fun when you can't even get the basics down it's just you never get to have that those fun moments so this is like a great way for new players or even players who've been playing it for a while but just some want something like easy to get back into it to i guess um get to do cool moves and not have to worry about remembering like ridiculous combos and things like that. So I'm, I'm not Sounds sure. Sounds like a, yeah. a good thing for accessibility as well. 100%. People who might might physically be incapable of doing some of those yeah. You know, yeah. stupidly convoluted combos. Yeah. And there've always been um, things like, like since Street Fighter 4 and Street Fighter 5, you could have things where it's like, okay, so if a move requires all three kicks... You know, that's like three buttons you have to hold down, which may be very difficult for someone to do if they, you know, may have some sort of injury or, you know, uh, uh, some sort of disability or something like that that affects them. Uh, but uh, they've had the ability where you can just program like all three button presses into one button on the controller of your choice. But now this is taking it a step further and making normal moves accessible as well. Uh, this some this is something that I guess Capcom tried in the late nineties with the. E E X series, I think it was, or E O series, the easy operation. But like fans being fans, like poo pooed it, and like Capcom just kind of abandoned it. And along after that, so this is this is cool to see it kind of come back. And I think um, I think it'll be great. It'll be a great way for new people to kind of get into the, the Street Fighter. And then as they progress and they want to unlock more moves, they'll probably switch over to like the the quote unquote classic control style is what what they're calling it. Mm. Uh, another thing that's uh, uh, been confirmed is that Street Fighter 6 takes place um, it's the it takes place after Street Fighter 3 so the Street Fighter series has a very like Fast and Furious style convoluted time um, timeline where like technically Street Fighter like Street Fighter 4 and 5 and a lot of the other games take place between two and three um so like in this one like ryu's defeated like he's kind of got rid of the demons that have that were plaguing him and, and forcing him to become evil but he's like still looking to become the best fighter in the world like because that's what else can you do um he's got like buddhist monk robes which is kind of like a i guess like an homage to goken which is like the master who trained him and ken his best mate there were rumors of <laughs> there's another rumor of Ken being a washed up fighter whose wife has left him and taken his child because yeah apparently that was like debunked. somewhat debunked yeah, yeah. but he still looks pretty sad so <laughs> like he looks raggedy and and I think yeah. that's just what someone like came up with that fan fiction for him and yeah like he was always yeah, so someone, dedicated to yeah someone him. noticed how like he has like his roots showing on his hair, which means he's stopped, like, um, dyeing his hair. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> which is such a, like, curious, like, it's 
very compelling, I think, from yeah. the outside. <laughs> such, he, such a he, fan yeah. thing to do, to notice someone's roots and be like, his wife yeah, exactly. left him. Of course. Megan <laughs> the child. And like people like sympathizing was like, oh, you know, he's lost everything. He's dedicated his whole life to being, to, to keeping up with Ryu and beating him. And now it's come to a point where his wife has left him and taken his child, taken their, their child together. And that, this is something that I didn't realize, but apparently Ken's sister, Ken's wife is Guile's sister. Oh, apparently. No. Oh. I didn't no. know this, which is weird. And apparently there's, yeah, anyway. And so, and also as part of this, he's lost his claim to the master's fortune because his family comes from old money. So I don't know. There's a, anyway. Oh, like Ken is my favorite character character in the series, so I'll be choosing him regardless. If anything, this will be a redemption story, like the wrestler. He's <laughs> gonna fight his way back up to prominence. Um, and uh, we've had we've had uh, I guess pretty much a full roster leak. Like there, there are quite a few characters here that have leaked. So the uh, I'll go in alphabetical order. So there's a there's someone named AKI or Aki. Who's apparently like a humanoid, like hum like a robot slash android from China, uh, Akuma, who you know, kind of like the villain of the series that has been around for a long time. So he was he's also one of the the leaked characters um, that apparently is going to be playable. Uh, Blanca coming back after being absent in Street Fighter Five. Um, Kami is returning as well. Uh, Chun Li, who we saw in the the original announce. Uh, in the trailer f- during the state of play, uh, DJ, uh, who's like kind of the the Jamaican fighter, who had, um, he had like maximum on his pants on when he debuted. Like it's because maximum, whether it's front or backwards, read the same. So I think it was probably like an easy easy word to put on, like his his like pants and his character sprite in the nineties. So it make kind of makes sense. Um, uh, Dalzim. Uh, is returning. E Honda's returning. Ed, who I think was new from uh, Street Fighter Five, is returning. Guile is returning. There's a new character called JP, um, who looks like a very. I don't know. He looks like a count. With, he's like a Russian, Russian oligarch, which like, you know, as we all know, is so in vogue right now. Like a play on JP Morgan. It could be. Or um, yeah. I don't know journalistic privilege, which I think is absent in in Russia. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but maybe it's just a a stand-in for Roman Abramovich, who, after losing all his assets, has been forced to fight on the streets to win them back. Who knows? Um, uh, and then Jamie, uh, who is the 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 new character from Hong Kong, who was shown in the the trailer and the state of play as well. Uh, Jury, the kickboxer from South Korea, she's returning. Uh, she's a she's a South Korean Taekwondo expert who ha- wears an eye patch and is just like stupidly like obsessed with like fighting. Um, and then Ken is back. Uh, Kimberly's a new fighter. Uh, she's like uh, from the US. Uh, she's like a, a, I don't know how to describe her. I think she's like a brawler or like a boxer. Um, no, I think she's more like a boxer um, from like, I think New York. Uh, and then we've got Lily, uh, who we don't have too much on. 
um, I think she's from Mexico, and she's got like kind of looks like she's got these clubs that look like uh, some of like the Billy clubs that were used during like kind of the the Mayan or the the Aztec kind of like some of the stuff that you, that is like depicted back when you know <laughs> Spain invaded. Um, uh, Luke returning from Street Fighter Five, he's kind of like the one of the hero characters in the trailer. Um, Marissa is uh, a new fighter. She's like a very uh, I don't know how to put it. She's like, imagine Lady Dimitrescu from Resident Evil Village. So someone of that height, but a like a kickboxer from Italy with red hair. You know, it's like <laughs> like Sagat. <laughs> Sagat, but a lady from Italy. Uh, maybe you could think of it that way. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, Mimi is also a new character. Uh, she's from France. But her name could also be Ma- Maman, which apparently is also a common name in France. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, um, I'm not sure of her fighting style in particular, uh, but we'll, I guess we'll find out very soon. Um, and then we've got uh, Rashid, who's returning from Street Fighter V. Uh, Ryu, as as we all know. Um, you know, Hot Dad Ryu is, is returning. And uh, Zangief, who somehow has gotten even taller and wider, uh, is also making his return as well. So we've got we've got quite a quite a f- packed roster. The I guess the crazy thing is that like this looks like it was like a year plus of planned content and reveals. So you kind of feel bad for the PR team if they've had like, you know, a lot of things like fighting games kind of live and die by like the characters and stuff that get announced. Cause like there's not much else you can really add to them. To, to draw in hype so I, I kind of like I'm excited to see all these names in there but I'm also kind of just like kind of bummed out for the for the for the team but you know what it's it's part of being in an online world it's 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 going to happen I I think it's actually kind of nice that it's just artwork because yeah. it's not like we're you know it's not like a full expose for every character or anything yeah. it's like it feels like more like a teaser in a way like yeah. I get that it's not what they wanted but yeah it's just like it, it does give the team something to to still announce and reveal and yeah and keep people engaged and the thing is like um and capcom came out both capcom and the games producer kind of came out and said hey um we you know <laughs> i think it said like something like citizens of metro city which is kind of like uh where the final fight characters and where like the street fighter universe's um version of new york is like they're like, oh, you know, us Metro Metro City citizens have seen things we shouldn't have seen, but we'll get through this together. Thank you for your positive response and stuff like that. So it's, I'm just glad that like, compared to Street Fighter Five, which has just got like shat on for pretty much in, its entire existence, Street Fighter Six looks like it's getting um, met with a lot more positive positivity. I mean, it's a shame that we have to even talk about how like you know toxic and stuff people can be, but I'm just happy that people are happy about this game and and not being toxic, which I wish I could say for more games. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's um that's gonna do it for for the Street Fighter Six, uh, I guess like bit of the bit of the show. How about we uh move over to Bioware? John, tell us what's what's happening at Bioware. Yes, um, a couple of bits of news, I guess. I don't know how else to describe it. Mm. So first is the announcement of Dragon Age 4, its official title being Dragon Age Dreadwolf. Um, 
it's kind of they've already kind of semi confirmed it a few years ago, but like through yeah. this title and through the blog itself that it where it was announced, they've kind of confirmed that the next Dragon Age will be like directly following up on the character of Solus. Um, he was a ki- I, I haven't played it. I'm probably going to get something wrong, but he was a companion character in Dragon Age Inquisition, mm-hmm. like the previous Dragon Age game. He was eventually he's eventually revealed as um, something called the Dreadwolf, which is sort of I guess it's like sort of a cultural figure of like myth, sort of where it's like the Dreadwolf is meant to be like the elven god of betrayal and rebellion in the world of the game, but he's sort of you know like he's building on that myth more than he is a literal god. Yeah, that's my understanding of him. Um, in the Trespasser DLC for Inquisition, his like backstory was kind of the focus of it. Um, and ended on a cliffhanger where Solus had begun to draw followers to his side as like mm-hmm. an elven figurehead. Um, I think that's that's reading off on it. That's my like impression. Yeah. of like where that ended. I, so yeah, yeah. So basically, it's like Dreadwolf seems to be directly following up. On trespasser basically mm. which they kind of That's hinted kind of at cool. already in 2018 they had like this one minute teaser trailer with like that ended with like the hashtag the dread wolf rises yeah. so they already kind of you know we already knew that's where they were going but i guess it's like it's kind of nice to have confirmation for those invested in this world yeah like that was like four years ago that was that's almost four years ago because i think that was a game awards announcement or like a game awards trailer um reveal and like i right. i've like, Dragon Age Inquisition is on my pile of shame of a game that I didn't finish. So, like, Solus... It's incredibly the... long. I got it, the impression it was incredibly long. Oh, yeah. It is very... Yeah. I'm pretty sure it is a very long game. Like, I've I've got... I've got plenty of hours on it, but I just never... Never finished it. Like, it's like Mass Effect. Like, there's just so much to do and so much... um, So many side quests and everything. It's one of those games where, like... I tried to get back into it a couple of years ago, and then I just, like... Because I'd been so deep into the game, you, you at some point you've got to like know how to manage your abilities and everything. Because like everything's on a cooldown, and you got all your characters going on and stuff. And I just like, oh shit, I feel like a douche. I, I don't have no idea what I'm doing. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, like I've played 59 hours and I've I still haven't finished the main game. I'm I'm still probably like maybe halfway through or something. And because like the novel thing. Uh, I don't know if I'd call it novel anymore, but the thing with Dragon Age Inquisition was that um, you, while you're doing your your story missions and stuff, there are actually there's like you kind of stand at a war, war table, and every time you finish like a main mission and come back, what you do is you can send like different characters on errands, like to go to like oh hey this kingdom has offered uh, this agreement or something would you like to send an emissary to speak to them and like the person you send there can't be in your team for like upcoming battles and things like that so it's kind of like it, it, there was always things like that but it, it's a cool thing on paper but it was like kind of like okay well this person's not available and this mission's going to take a certain amount of real time hours to do like check back in 30 hours or something and I was just like okay well if you know, imagine being, I can't imagine being like a parent and you've got like a short amount of time to play every week and you'd be like, oh, well, I guess, I guess I can't progress on this or that. Um, and yeah, like I, I never quite, I, I haven't got to the DLC. So like in, in as far as I'm concerned, Solus is still like the nerdy sciencey elf in the party who 
he's like a bit of a loner, but mm. like knowing all the stuff that happens afterwards, like it seems like it could be very much on purpose that he was very distant and um, yeah, and despondent. Yeah. Um, speaking of pile of shame, I played Yakuza Zero <laughs> for like forty hours and then got right to the end and didn't finish it. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, do you guys have anything else like that? I'm kind of curious about it. Uh, most of the games I start playing, I I finish. Oh, I oh, oh get, stand back. <laughs> I just get really into them. What is time? Um, oh, Disco Elysium. Gotcha. I, oh, I really? Okay. Halfway through Disco Elysium for many months. Right. Yeah. I just so, bought that, so that's. I feel like that's like well, that's definitely what's going to happen to me. <laughs> that's going to be my motivation to to get back into it, finish it. Is, Maybe you guys you can do a check in. Yeah, you guys do a check-in. Yeah. John, when you get to halfway through the game and then you guys can <laughs> take it from there. I'll deliberately drop it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> for me, um, Mass Effect 3, I still haven't finished that. <laughs> um, you like, play the first two? Yeah, yeah, I love them. And I, I pre-ordered two. I have all the DLC and everything. I just never finished it. Because <laughs> I'm an idiot. Because I'm just... I'm an idiot. Um but the thing is, like, that never got updated to four. Like, if you play it on a four K screen, the text is so small that it's like very unplayable. But I'm sure there's mods and stuff for it now. But um, I also my pile of shame is uh, GTA San Andreas on PC. I literally got all the way to the end, like to the last mission, and I just couldn't beat it. And then, like, I think I restarted my computer or whatever, and I lost. You know, this was before like cloud saves and everything, so it was just kind of like, well. There goes my game, and yeah, it was like the absolute last yeah. mission. Which, um, yeah, I gotta go. I gotta go watch um a cutscene now on YouTube. This is why I leave my pile of shame is totally unplayed. <laughs> I have. I have plenty of those. Yeah, <laughs> I have a switch that I haven't yet to finish a game on. Um, I, I, I like. I'm now packing it in my work bag, so I take it with me. But I just. Then we get to play it. And I got Switch Online so that I could play Super Mario World and all the Super Nintendo games. But I'm like, now it's like, but when? <laughs> uh, reality. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, but yeah, continuing the uh, the Bioware news, what else has been happening in the land of, of wolves, dreaded wolves? Yes. Um, Canada. I mean, Canada. The- Quality assurance workers at Keywords Studios Edmonton. Um, they're a support studio for Dragon Age or for Bioware um, in Canada. So they have voted unanimously, unanimously in favor of a union. That means all 16 eligible QA workers voted yes to form a union um, on Monday. Um, so, and Keywords Studios, like, because the Keywords Studios is like a kind of a broader set of studios there's like they have more than 20 offices worldwide they don't actually publish or develop their own games they're like purely a support network for games so and edmonton canada like this specific office is specifically supporting bioware as well as a number of other um, companies so um keyword studios have actually accepted the vote of the staff to unionize which is not something we've been able to say last one or two times it's happened in the last few weeks which is nice to see so um 
Yeah, so quote, as an organization, we want to ensure an engaging experience for all of our employees and we take any concerns that our staff seriously. So, um, yeah, and the representative for the union said that the bargaining between the union and the company will begin sometime this week. <laughs> oh, cat interference. Yeah, my, um, a very curious one story. of my cats has jumped on. She's like, Q&A? She's like, unions? This is... This is uh this is interesting news for the gaming gaming world. I have some words on this. Yeah, she's like, I think um, me and my brother are gonna unionize because you're not feeding us enough. <laughs> See, she's left. She's she's offended. <laughs> she's with the management. She's down. She's like, your union she she's accusing me of union busting by putting her on the floor. <laughs> yeah, she's staging chair. a walkout. Yeah, she's she's staging a walkout. <laughs> um, um yeah. yeah, so <laughs> sorry, to sorry. summarize quickly. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so the QA workers started talking about a union after in March. This is when this year implemented a return to office order that meant that the commute would end up costing these QA workers hundreds more dollars in extra expenses. Um, so, you know, frustrated by the pay and the like r rising costs, they decided to unionize. And, when, and like if they're hit by COVID because of the way their um, contracts are, you know, work, it means that developing any COVID symptoms will mean having to take a personal day off rather than simply being able to work from home. So yeah, naturally, this grew momentum and became a union that actually happened, which is nice to see again. Yeah. It's a like it really moment. does seem to be snowballing. Yeah, it's like it's all of a sudden. It's like oh, yeah. <laughs> again, so soon. I mean, before Elon Musk, uh, you know, made it cool, these guys were asking people to come home, forcing people to get back to work, back in the office. Yeah. Let's, uh, <laughs> no, I, I'm I'm really happy for this. This is this is really cool. Um, like I think we I think the Raven Studios union formation that was only a couple of weeks ago. So it's great to see, um, I guess the momentum building and more and more people doing it. It's it's crazy how it's like starting off in the Q and A. Sorry, the QA space. It's maybe um, given the type of work that QA testers usually have to do, where the majority of them are usually on a like a contract basis, and probably not given the same benefits as people who are you know employed full time. It kind of makes sense, I guess, why I would start there. Mm. It's mm. very very cool and sexy to see more unions. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's very sexy. Because yeah. like, it is, yeah, unionization is sexy. Well, mm -hmm. I mean, if, if you think about it, like voice actors have a union, like actual actors, tell whether they're from television or movies, and they come into video games. They they're part of part of SAG or some other you know organization that represents them. But we don't have that in gaming. Um, I know that's something that the visual effects industry has been, I guess, dealing with over the past. Like, kind of, you know, I guess for as long as they've been around, you know, 30 years plus is like a CGI thing. But now over the last 10 years, I think as as more and more movies are like, you know, I mean, just look at Marvel, like coming with coming out with four or five like huge uh, special effects and laden, uh, laden like um, movies a year plus TV shows. Um, think of the credits you see on the end of a Marvel film. Like there, there there's like, Half the credits of of people from, if not more, of of names from like studios in in India, or like you know other mm. countries. Like, 
I always see like a film Victoria or a film film New South Wales or a film Queensland kind of credit for for three D effects work, um, in in a lot of Marvel films. So like, it's it'd be great to see more unions kind of form to protect those workers' rights. I mean, obviously legislation can play a big part, and you know, organize. It should also be on the organisations themselves to do the right thing and not just do everything that's just specifically to the letter of the law. Like there should also be like kind of like an ethical kind of moral you know bottom line as well but like i guess it's a great step you get good legislation by unionizing well Um, let's hope so i mean it worked here yeah it didn't seem to work that well in america but i've no idea what their unions were doing over there (laughs) i have comments that I will <laughs> refrain from sharing. Uh, known, uh, known right-wing capitalist uh, pundit Kai Holroyd has thoughts on. <laughs> I am, I am choosing peace. <laughs> I want uh, that acknowledged. <laughs> but yeah, that's a. Uh, I guess that's that's kind of the the major news from from that side of things. Uh, over over across the. Uh, various oceans that'll lead us to there um is there anything i'm just trying to think like i can't think of any other unions that have formed recently i know there was talks about i think it was the game is it united game workers that was the thing in australia that kind of launched last year but we haven't really heard many headlines about them since then so it'll be interesting to see there what was, happens there was a video activision activision blizzard union that got shut down yeah that, 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 and then that got reconfirmed. They yeah. got back up. Then it's official now. Uh, that one is um, Game Workers Alliance. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll, uh, I'm trying to remember who it was, but eh, I'm sure it'll come to me later, inevitably after we stop recording. <laughs> um, but yeah, the next story, Kai. Uh, this one's this one's uh, about the Summer Games Fest that's uh, that's that's going on right now. Well, yeah. Um, what's happening? The- Summer Games Fest that Abir officially opened at the start of this show. Um, so Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Keeley. Exactly. Um, it's it's essentially just we weren't allowed to say anything. It's just you know it's just one of those things where like Jeff and I like when yeah. we got off the when we got off the call like you got, you guys remember you had your call with him last week. Yeah, <laughs> I wish. Um, <laughs> known, known puppet of Abir Jeff Keeley has come out to sort of temper everyone's expectations of Summer Games Fest. Mm. Um, warning viewers that the the big major reveals that you know essentially trademark these huge events um, aren't going to be happening, and it's going to be more information on stuff we already know is coming. Um, so you know, expecting more gameplay videos um, rather than the big spectacular reveals. Um, he made a note of saying it will not be like the game awards. Um, which is perhaps most known for being less about awards and more about <laughs> the big yeah. announcements and videos and occasionally Muppets in between <laughs> um, announcing the actual awards, yeah. which is... I don't know is... if that's a commentary on the the celebrities they shoehorn into the <laughs> the awards show or the literal appearance of Muppets from like Sesame Street. No comment. That's up, that's up to you to decide. <laughs> you look within yourself. It's, you choose peace. Is that is that your choice again? 
I am I am uncharacteristically peaceful today. It seems. <laughs> um, but yeah, he did note some of the the crazier rumors that have been going around um, of what's going to be announced at Summer Games Fest, um, as there always are. The hype train goes off the rails every time. Yep. Um, and he's essentially said, "Buy beware. Um, don't yep. don't get super excited about seeing something new. It's going to be games we already know are coming. Mm. Um, we're going to see more." Um, that's going to include, you know, a gameplay demo of the Callisto Protocol, which is exciting. Um, a first-level playthrough of COD Modern Warfare Two, which I would like to be Speaking excited about. Makes... <laughs> yeah. Um, new footage of uh, Cuphead DLC, Delicious Last Course, um, which I I feel like I've been hearing about for. A long time. I thought it is came it, out. Is it not out yet? Yeah. I I thought it was out. See, I, I'd be expecting a Cuphead 2. Like, yeah. Coming Maybe at the Game Awards we'll see Cuphead 2. Maybe it'll be I feel like every fun. time Cuphead, like that DLC kind of resurfaces, it's kind of to remind you it's not out yet. It's like, because every time, it's like months in between. And it's like, oh, right. Yeah, <laughs> this remember exists. this is coming. Did Cuphead yeah. ever come to Switch? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. It did. Um, oh, that might be something to check out then. Yeah, in my, there's also going to be a, <laughs> a yeah, that's on mine as well. I got through most of it and then stopped. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Apparently, it's very difficult. So I don't, it. I don't blame you. Yeah, I'm gonna not choose peace and lord my supremacy over you two. <laughs> I have finished it. Wow, wow. Yeah. Get good scrubs. Anyway. I was trying. Uh, it's also going to be a reveal and some news around Gotham Knights, which is fun. Um, I hope the I'm reveal is Batman. Because... <laughs> I know he's supposed to be canonically canonically dead in the universe, but he's he's around. Mm. Let's, let's not pretend that Batman is dead. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. in, in, in a universe where anyone can be resurrected with these mysterious pits of like goo like i don't think anything's really off the table yeah exactly <laughs> um yeah. so that'll be that'll be streaming soon at typically enough 4 a.m australian eastern standard time <laughs> which i think is 2 or 3 a.m for you john Yes, yeah. <laughs> I looked it up to like double check. And I thought, like, oh, okay, it's a it's, nightmare. It's, it's like a was. late night for you, but like a really early morning for us. I guess depending on how big your night was the night before. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then following that is Microsoft's own little little state of play. Have they settled on a name for for these yet? It's just the they they just call them. I think it's the, officially the Xbox and Bethesda Games Showcase. Right, that is far less fun than state of play. Yeah. Um, anyway, Xbox will be doing theirs on June fourteenth in UK time, which I'm not sure. I think is June fifteenth our time. Yeah, if yeah, if we say we June sixth, sorry, because on the twelfth of June, kind of um, like you know, American time is going to be the standard event, like the standard stream, and then. The one on the fourteenth slash fifteenth for us is going to be the extended one, and I think that's so. That's going to be ten and a half hours. So that's going to be four thirty our time. 
I think. I'm I'm going to clarify. The showcase does not go for 10 and a half hours. No, no, no. I'm just <laughs> the saying the difference between our time and UK time. Because technically UK time is plus one UTC. Yeah. And we're plus 10.30 here in um, Melbourne. Or yeah. pl- no, mm. we're plus, we're we're plus just, 10. We're plus 10. So we're nine hours ahead. So... If it's six thirty, yeah, it'll be three a.m. for us. One one a.m. for you, John. I'm pretty sure. Um, mm, for yeah. the, for the extended version. Oh god. Yeah, both of them at the same time. Yeah, so <laughs> it's just two days. Either way, higher. yeah. Great. Yeah. What? So what's the point of the extended version? Why not just do your full showing on the first day? I d- I don't understand this. Like maybe limited maybe edition for the parents and people who don't have much time. Um, but it does it does feel like maybe they should have the extended version and then showcase abridged. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, here's what everyone really responded to. Cut out to. all the Muppets. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Cut out all the awards nonsense. Was, yeah. Like what are we what are we, what are we showcasing here? Like come on. Like back um, in the day, Xbox used to call their show XO. Like XO six was like the two thousand six show. XO eight was the two thousand eight show, but then they kinda like moved away from that. Yeah, exactly. Like, why don't they call it, like, something else? Like, something, you know, I don't know, like, green screen or whatever, because it's, like, Team Green, and then there's... But then it's, like, but then there's, like, Xbox and Bethesda. I wonder how long before it's just Xbox, because, like, I don't know. Yeah. Will, will Bethesda still be relevant if Starfield's, like, a pile of dog shit, like Fallout 4 or Fallout 76? Who knows? Which will yeah. Which will outlast the other, Xbox or... Bethesda. Microsoft <laughs> It'll be Skyrim. Xbox Somehow movie. Skyrim will just continue to be remade. There'll be a, there'll be an AI somewhere just programming, just like programming new ports of it. <laughs> I think Bethesda is like currently melting into Xbox. Yeah. So I think I think it's like event. Yeah. Bethesda is definitely <laughs> the not event win. horizon. It's on the event horizon. It it can't. It's getting absorbed into the black hole that is Phil Spencer, Phil Spencer's wallet <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the, but the funny thing is, like, Microsoft owns both Obsidian Entertainment and Bethesda, so both the studios that have made Fallout and yeah, like that have made Fallout and like kind of modern RPG, first-person RPGs, kind of relevant, are owned by Microsoft. But it seems like people uh, have more respect for Obsidian Entertainment, especially because like Obsidian Entertainment also kind of made the sequel to KOTOR and made this made the sequel made Fallout New Vegas um and now it's making Avowed which uh, sorry it made Starfield which no it didn't make Starfield it made it made it made the Outer Worlds the Outer Worlds not Wilds that's a different ones it made the Outer Worlds which is Fallout in space which is what Starfield looks like it's going to be and it's also making Avowed, which is a first-person fantasy RPG, which looks like a better version of what Skyrim and, uh, you know, like Morrowind and Oblivion were. So it's kind of like melting into like one. What I I say is Xbox is is the parent. Obsidian is the overachieving sibling. Yes, Bethesda <laughs> is is like trying to do what what Obsidian is doing, but is just missing the mark. Everyone's sick Aren't of their shit. Yeah, yeah, because like if you like ask like you know 
it's like obsidian seem to be more respected or it's like well they make better games yeah so that is kind of the best the best answer for it yeah bethesda is the danny minogue (laughs) never gonna be kylie but you get to host a singing show oh wow that that is um yeah that is that is deep that that cuts deep (laughs) (laughs) oh wow because i mean it makes sense like like obsidian entertainment I think came and like came out of you know some of the the people who did a lot of the uh work on like those you know th- like isometric action RPGs in the 90s like black and white and and things like that. Yeah. Like I think they they came out of the same vein as like uh like you know where BioWare came from, but like they've definitely got the pedigree and they've got the chops. Like they made KOTOR 2 in less than a year, I think. Like it was yeah. like some ridiculous like rush job, and and by all means, I mean, people really liked Kotor too, considering Fallout New Vegas was was similarly um, absolutely limited resources, out. right? But people yeah, love that. Uh, like like yeah. less than a year from conception to release, and it is mind-bogglingly good. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, especially the writing. Like I feel like that's what I always hear about New Vegas versus Fallout Three was like the writing was way more better. And my my family friend, who's like a huge like, you know, he's played pretty much all the Elder Scrolls and stuff. He said, if you think of Fallout Three as like a TV show, New Vegas was kind of like the movie version, where it kind of like took the best bits of it, but was a lot more cons- like respective, respectful of your time. Yeah, I feel like Obsidian has you know, I don't want to say the best, but one of the best writing teams hmm. um, in in video games at least. Yeah, and like, didn't Obsidian also do, like, they did Outer Worlds, but I'm just trying to think of other things, like, uh, is Pillars of Eternity, right? That's them. that's what I was about to say. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think Avowed is set in that world as well. Yeah. Which is kind of neat. By all means, those (laughs) are very well regarded as well. How they keep it straight. I think also Baldur's Gate. Because obviously, they're going to have some of the same writers working on all these games. Yeah. Mm. How would you, as a writer keep track of all these different universes yeah when your job is to make them so intricate and have so many details <laughs> in your head mm. yes i was yes that's right so they they so i was right so the like obsidian entertainment worked with um never like bioware on neverwinter nights Baldur's gate and Baldur's gate 2 so there, there there's definitely um like uh some pedigree Street there cred. yeah Definitely, and also, like you know, worked with Arcane Studios on Dark Messiah, Might and Magic, like of the, like very classic game. Like, oh, I forgot Alpha Protocol was Wait, one I, of theirs. Right? I watched, I played that like an a year ago or something. I didn't. I would not say that game had good writing though. Like Dark oh, Messiah, I don't know what part of that that they did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they kind of like worked with them, but I think yeah. So, uh, Pools of Eternity Two. I'm pretty sure Baldur's Gate Three. Is a oh. is going to be? I'm oh, isn't sure that by Larian? Is it? Yeah, it's by. Was the, that Neverwinter Nights? The new Neverwinter Nights is by then. Maybe I could be completely wrong, but they're good. Obsidian yeah. is good. Anyway, Obsidian is Xbox good. Xbox Showcase. Is cool. <laughs> uh, the the Obsidian <laughs> and Xbox Showcase featuring Bethesda is going to. <laughs> 
actually really would be cool to see avowed i actually hadn't thought about 100%. this topic much and yeah. i'm like oh that's all right i'd really do want to see that game it would be interesting <laughs> That'd be nice. yeah. like it's always fascinating but like yeah i don't know it, like but there's a game without the jank would be cool we can keep our fingers crossed for some avowed um yeah. other predictions yeah yeah halo infinite season two um forza and oh, Redfall. yeah forza is going to be my thing because we haven't heard about like the, the like the motorsport version of Forza for like a few years now, so it'll be very 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 interesting to see how that goes. But yeah, that's um that's the news for the the Xbox and Bethesda showcase featuring Obsidian Entertainment, Ninja Theory, and, and pretty much every other studio that hasn't been bought by Embracer or you know or Tencent. <laughs> Not featuring Naughty Dog. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess the the last piece of news comes from something that's very near and dear to my heart, and that's the announcement that Jeff Gersman, uh, you know, notorious uh, game game journalist, game critic, pundit, whatever you call him, he was the the person who was at the the middle of the scandal around Kane and Lynch. Uh, in 2007, you know, the, the the editor at GameSpot who was fired and it kind of triggered a whole conversation around, you know, uh, like the mix between, the, the the divide between editorial and advertising and, and marketing when it comes to like big publications. And uh, essentially he and a fellow GameSpot alumni, oh, alumnus Ryan Davis set up the, the website Giant Bomb in 2000. Eight, um, and then Vinny Caravella, Alex Navarro, and uh, Brad Shoemaker, and you know Matt Rory, like people who, like people that who maybe some of us had grown up watching or hearing their voices on on GameSpot over the years, uh, joined him not long after, and kind of it it became one of the first websites that was personality driven. They were one of the first. Like if not one of the, yeah if not the first people to do let's plays and make that a thing, and do like full run-throughs of games like, one of the first series they did was a full run-through of four um not Fallout four sorry uh Persona four, and oh uh, yeah that's right uh back in like two thousand eight two thousand nine, like before YouTube was remember when YouTube only let you upload videos for ten minutes, <laughs> and not HD like like we're talking. And they and they were like there before stream, uh, before Twitch. So they would stream to like UStream and then Justin TV and then Justin TV Gaming and then Twitch. And for the longest time, Giant Bomb was actually run as a, um, how should I put it, as a wiki of sorts as well. So it had like the main site plus the wiki and Twitch for a fair chunk of its entire life pulled from that database for like game descriptions and 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 like official artwork so like giant bomb pretty much has been like a a big part of like the games industry for like you know f- what, 14 years now and it's crazy that you know um ryan davis unfortunately passed away in 2013 um and my cat at hulu's and my parents now he is named after ryan um in honor of him because we adopted him pretty much the same week that I heard the news about um, his uh, Ryan Davis's passing. Uh, Vinny, Brad, and Alex went on to form Nextlander last year, uh, which is like, like kind of taken off in its own way. 
and now th- with Jeff leaving, it's it's kind of crazy. Like none of the people who had originally started the site are there, so it'd be very interesting to see how it's going to continue. Um, the the official line is uh, well, the official thing is that there are nine people left at Giant Bomb, uh, and they're all kind of like new faces or who've been around for like you know a couple of years, like not there from the beginning. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Like Matt Rory is like. He's taking a really backseat approach. Like he's been running more of the support and kind of the community side of things for for the longest time there. And I wonder if even he's going to leave soon. And uh, I guess as of this publication, um, both John Baum and Jeff Gerstmann haven't really, un- excuse me, announced kind of what they're working on respectively for the future. But uh, with uh, tomorrow, usually around midday. The Giant Bombcast will go live, which is like the weekly podcast that Giant Bomb has been doing since it hasn't missed a week since it started, like since that series started in like two thousand seven. So it's like one of those crazy, crazy thing. Like the like the folks at Giant Bomb and GameSpot before they were one of the first people on like one of the first video game podcasts like back in like oh five that like. Uh, became popular so it's 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 crazy like there's a lot of heritage there's a lot of history there it'll be a shame to see him go but you know you're always excited to see what happens because you know change like the changing of the guard is going to happen you know it'll happen to us one day as well but it'll be interesting to see what what happens next like for me personally i just i just thought i'd include this because it's a it's been a, a very huge part of my life i've spent all my adult life and most of my like adolescent life probably most of it actually most of my probably more than half my life spent listening to these guys whether they were at GameSpot like I'm a little I'm a, a couple of years older than John and Kai so I've been following like the games industry from like a news cycle like a daily news cycle since like 2003 2004 so I've been I've been a, I've been a, a video game nerd not in playing games but reading about them and like reading the news for like a very long time so and it's it's a huge part of why i'm you know why we're why we're here today is like double jump is something that i've kind of came about you know the, the desire to have our own voices out there and 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 you know to give to give our friends you know people we meet the chance to kind of have their voices heard and, and that's where you know john and, and kai you guys came into the picture and and you know we've been able to kind of give you guys a home to to kind of shoot the shit get the comments get the get the opinions out there you know write about stuff talk about stuff um even play like i know kai you when you were uh, like a cons- um like on staff you were holding holding down the fort on saturdays with your indie stream indie streams and, uh, and things g- like g- that you're gonna get me tearing up from nostalgia <laughs> love the indie streams um and, and yeah john like I mean, you you've been around for a long time now, so I mean, I can't even I can't even count how many articles you've edited and written for us, and and how many podcasts you've been you've hosted with me. So it's like you know, if if uh, if anything, like just want to say thank you to all the work that that um, like like a thank you to like the the work, the inspiration, the support that Jeff, uh, you know, you've given us over you know the the. You know, a couple of decades and more that you've been in the in the industry and i'm super excited to see what you come up with next i mean i highly doubt you're listening i mean you're 
orders of magnitude more po- have more popularity than <laughs> it, the entirety of Double Jump combined. But um, you know, just wanted to say su- super thank you and, and super excited for you know your next next project. And um, yeah, yeah, thanks, Jeff. Yeah, I'll say I'll say as well. It's like you've said like all this like old stuff from two thousand eight, and it's just like, well, it's like two thousand eight really that long ago that all that stuff yeah. about YouTube and stuff. Is true. Think about it, man. It's yeah, ancient. Yeah, well, like... I can feel my back start to ache. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's probably from all the moving, though. Let's be honest. <laughs> no, it's age. Boxes. Ripe old age of twenty four. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, you're so much younger than yeah. us. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that's that's going to do it for the news. How about we take a, a quick 30-second break and then um, uh, talk about uh, the uh, some some of the stuff we've been watching and playing over the past week and a bit. Oh, where did that window go? Come back. <laughs> live show, folks. Live show. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone got their gamer juice. <laughs> it's called H2. The real gamer juice is water. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I guess I'll kick things off with uh, a double header that I of over the past week. So um, I know John, you uh, you. you You've seen... Have you seen... it? Okay. I watched Top Gun on Thursday, and then I watched Top Gun Maverick on Friday. I was lucky enough to find some seats to go watch it in IMAX, because I was like, who knows when, you know, you're going to get such a big movie again. Like, it, it, I, I really super enjoyed the original Top Gun. I'm a, I'm a super, like, you know, heavy machinery, army, whatever, like, nerd. So for me, it was fascinating, like, this, the fact that they were able to get so many cool shots and everything from the like in the 80s like it was released yeah, that actually since. really stood out to me that yeah. part of it <laughs> i keep going sorry yeah you saw it um recently as well right yeah like uh, i don't know a couple of weeks ago i think yeah. when like the first like tweets about how good maverick was gonna be came yeah. out it's like oh that's right i haven't seen it yet so when i saw it that's yeah. like um i think the thing about like all the shots of the jets in the 80s it's like that really stood out to me. It's like, yeah, I wasn't like I was kind of impressed, but in the sense that it's like, oh, that's right, this would have been really hard. So that's why they're all so far away and quick. It's yeah. because they can't get all that close up. And it's like, um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, yeah. What else did you think about it? <laughs> Just so I, we get a, like, I mean, let's not beat around the bush here. Like, it's a very homoerotic film in terms of like, like pretty much every like most of the movie is spent with men sweating in like peak physical condition whether they're shirtless in locker rooms playing beach volleyball there's a lot of innuendo and stuff like it's it's a very 80s film and like there was like a time in the 80s where you could kind of like you know be gay but not be overtly like you know be out but you could just kind of talk about that stuff and then there was like like a snap like who knew it was maybe it was like George Bush or something like kind of snapped down and then the 90s became very like like less of that happened. I don't know. Uh, that was AIDS. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but not and Reagan. Me. Oh, yes, Reagan is who I'm thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. 
don't do the drugs, kids. And, like, let's be honest, like, the original Top Gun very much comes across as, like, like, I know it wasn't specifically made as a, like, a recruitment film, but it certainly does portray the, the Navy, the American Navy, as, like, a in a very positive light, very patriotic positive uh, light. Even though it, it doesn't mes- mention Russia by name as, like, the enemy, it's just kind of, like... I don't think they do mention, like, specifically mention Russia, right? They just say MiG, like, and you just happen to know that MiGs were made by Russia, like the planes were made by them. Okay. I mean, it it gets some history. Um, Top Gun was so successful at getting people to enlist in the Navy. Uh, recruiters started setting up in cinemas. Wow. Um, so they could get people as they came out of the movies. They're like, hey, now you've seen the seen the movie, now see the reality, um, which is much less fun and <laughs> interesting than cool, Top yeah. Gun. Way less volleyball yeah. played on the beach in the Navy. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and like, that's why I signed You up. actually have to do like a ton of training before you even get to see a jet. <laughs> yeah. Like, I guess the, the premise of the original Top Gun is that. Uh, essentially, there's like a an awesome like the best of the best pilots get flown out to this like school where they get trained to be like the elite, and and whoever whoever like you know does the best every year gets selected as like the Top Gun for that year, you know what I mean? And um, like the like Tom Cruise's character, he's kind of a like a like a I don't know like Daredevil type. I guess Maverick makes sense. You could almost yeah. describe him as a Maverick. It's yeah. a Maverick in a way, yeah. So he he get him and his uh, co-pilot get trans like get transferred to the to the to the academy to become these like ace ace pilots. And I'm not gonna spoil it because I think it really is a good. I I, I actually personally really like the movie. I think it really does hold up and and it doesn't overstay its welcome. Like it it sets up enough. So that you you do build relationships with the characters. There's a, you definitely get the sense of the different personalities within like that type of like group dynamic. Um, but and there are like you know genuine moments of sadness and and of like you know giving up and then you know you've got the triumphant return. And I like the fact that you know uh, when there is tragedy, like the person comes back, but they don't necessarily win everything again. They still struggle to come back and and find the edge but i don't know uh w- you guys have both seen it right like john you've seen it definitely kai yourself as well i haven't seen the new one yet okay but you've seen the original i've seen the original yes okay cool cool yeah. what did you think of the original i'll, I'll start with you john because you, you saw it recently um but you like but you're breaking down the story there like it kind of like one thing that was like kind of very surprising to me because the only thing I've known about Top Gun before I watched it was homoeroticism and jet fighter action. <laughs> that's the only thing <laughs> yeah, I knew yeah. about it. That's all I was expecting from it. Zone. And like the structure of it was very surprising to me where it's just like a very small, modest feeling naval school with like 10 people in it. Because yeah. that's what Top Gun is. Like, I, yeah, I, like yeah. I feel like that's kind of probably close to reality as well, just considering what the nest... I mean, I'm not sure if it's even real. It is. It is. It's a real. It is. It's a real thing. Yeah. Right. Um. Anyway, but it's just like, you know, it kind of starts with them getting to the school, 
And it's like, it's mostly that setting and with like a romance drama happening alongside it. And then there's like a big action sequence for like 15 minutes at the end. Yeah. But it's like a lot of it's like dramatic. Like there isn't actually, like there is jet stuff throughout, but they're only like very short bits of it. Yeah. And then but mostly it's mostly just character interactions. And I like, I, I personally didn't love it. I, I don't think it held up great mm. but that's also just expectations talking as well yeah. to an extent but it's um oh yeah i also say like really young tom cruise is like he looks like a doll <laughs> he looks very odd <laughs> like, like, my wife was to... like why didn't they get rid of his monobrow <laughs> like why did they keep that as yeah no, so, well that's very distracting yeah. i was kind of wondering it's like man how acceptable was this in the 80s for a movie star yeah. it's just like it's it's fine but it's like it's it's very it's an odd thing to see in like a mainstream uh whatever it is yeah action film I suppose and it was very weird but like it, it was, he was very clearly the shortest person in the, in the cast <laughs> like yeah yeah some of this, the, the the angles and shots they used um i guess clearly that one must have been a sore point for the directors or whatever yeah like was... overall i wasn't oh sorry but like overall i wasn't like blown away by it yeah so yeah basically I think I, I got really hyped up and really into it. Even the just even like the fact that they played like Danger Zone four times in the movie or something. I was like, hey, if you get oh, a yeah. song like that, you use it. You get all your money's worth for it. Yeah. <laughs> How many uh, times did they go into the Danger Zone yeah. before the Danger Zone just expands like and they're twice. always in it? Yeah, yeah they just they just say, you know, we're back in the Danger Zone. Yeah. We're driving in the Danger Zone. We're yeah. still in the da- Danger Zone. We've, act- we've actually been in the Danger Zone for quite a while. <laughs> Uh, we are now leaving the danger zone. That's, that's um, but like, apparently the song um, "Take My Breath Away" that plays during you know the love scene or whatever. Like apparently they won an Oscar, for like best original like kind of. I was like, so technically, I think Top Gun is a Grammy and a, an Academy Award winning film, just like Suicide Squad. Yeah. Did, what did that win for? Like, was it for the song? Like costumes or something? Oh, costumes or something? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, so uh, especially like thinking of the the cinematography for the day, it's like really well shot. Like it's got very basic kind of like CGI, like of like the heads up display. Like you can tell they kind of like put that in in post and things like that. But it it was a very it was a very cool contained story. Like it didn't overstay its welcome. Um, so neither of you have seen Top Gun Maverick, right? Okay. Yeah. It is. F- nah. I personally found it fucking phenomenal. It is better than the first movie. Um, it 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 has a lot of the same beats in terms of like, it's it's sort of like, I don't know if you, have you seen? Did you watch the most recent Halloween? Not the not the yeah. one that came out this year. The one that came out a couple of years ago, which was basically sort of like an homage slash remake of the original. It's kind of like a retelling. It's like a pseudo. It was like imagine all the other Halloweens didn't happen. It was just Halloween one and then this halloween right um so this is sort of like that in like there's a lot of similar things you know um like he's still a maverick he's still kind of like a loose cannon um but he's still dealing with the kind of i guess kind of the 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 the, still dealing with the memories of what happened to his co-pilot in the first movie and now his the co-pilot's son is now uh, like in Top Gun, um, and how he made some decisions around, you know, that person's career progression and stuff has caused kind of that rift, that animosity now. But there's there's definitely a lot of storyline about you know, 
redemption, acceptance, forgiveness, um, you know, camaraderie. I guess like that you probably wouldn't expect. And and similar to the first movie, like it's not an overly long film. Like it's like two hours and ten minutes, which is I guess in twenty twenty two apparently it not a long film. Like considering all the Marvel <laughs> and, and like D C films we've gotten used to over the past few years. Um so like and the cinematography is on like another level. Like especially if you guys get the chance to go to IMAX and watch it and hear it in that like it really does bring it and come alive and and those action sequences and everything especially now with the technology like they've got like you know 8k cameras or something like sitting in the cockpit and the because of the way the movie shot Tom Cruise actually had to sh- teach the um the cast how to shoot and operate the cameras while they're flying at like thousands of kilometers an hour, like because <laughs> they had to do all the cinematography and get all their lighting and everything done while they were flying, so it's it's so cool how um how they shot it. Like if you really like Top Gun's like cinematography, you'd re- this is like a whole nother level. Mm. Yeah, right. So Nate. yeah, I'm. I've I've yeah. heard nothing but good things about it. So yeah. I will it's go like and see it. Ninety something percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Like it's like much better than you'd expect something like this and like I think Tom Cruise's performance in this is really really excellent like I think he's like as an actor it's probably one like probably one of his best roles um yeah that is always my struggle with Tom Cruise the man is the worst in so many ways yeah <laughs> like Tom Cruise sucks but God like I, damn, I is he a good actor <laughs> yeah it's like I always yeah, I'm the same. It's like every soft, like every time Tom Cruise like comes back into like you know, yeah, culture again, and I start thinking about him. It's like, oh, that's right. He's like the like right hand of Scientology, a, a organization that like enslaves people, and it's just like it makes it really distasteful. I think it's, it's the worst, and <laughs> it makes the movies <laughs> difficult to watch because you're like, yes. I'm having fun watching Top Gun or Mission Impossible. I mean, the good thing to know is that um, Scientology is the only religion in the history of religion to ever do anything wrong. So I think um, we'll, be, we'll be safe there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I uh, you, make, you make a yeah. good point about the double standards, but I would argue that Buddha was never an action movie star. Like, uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> I, 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 there are some, some, uh, midi, some, some uh, mid mid mid-millennium artwork that might disagree is <laughs> but no it was it, i i really think it was really great and like uh in terms of reviews like it's been a few it's been out for a few weeks like internationally and a couple of weeks here in australia or la- i think last week no a couple of weeks here in australia and it's still 8.7 out of 10 on imdb and 97 percent on rotten tomatoes and who knows like it's it's definitely a great movie and i think it was like it's kind of great for the time. Like it's like, it yes, it's a war movie, but it's less about like we again. It's like a nondescript country, nondescript enemy. Uh, like it's it's and and they never refer to the planes as like the actual models. They just call them as the fifth generation fighter that you're gonna come up against, and and as well as planes that used to belong like you know that were made like our old planes from like you know the US and stuff that have now ended up in the 
the enemy's hands, this unidentified enemy's hands. And um, yeah, like I would definitely recommend it to you both if you get the chance to watch it. It would be it would be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Just cool. um, yeah, I think there was only one danger zone in this though. What? Maybe, maybe. one star. <laughs> one star. Yep. Maybe get one more. star for every danger zone. <laughs> maybe they'll do a director's <laughs> cut, and all it is is just every song is replaced with danger zone. <laughs> just looping. <laughs> it's just looping. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Yeah, and um, yeah, just it, and you you tell like in the crowd like there were a lot of like middle aged men and like all the young people. There was like a definitely an age gap there. It's like definitely guys who were like you know in their teens or early twenties when that first movie came out. Hey, who potentially joined the navy are now watching this and like, if the conversations at the urinal that are overheard are anything to go by, is really <laughs> I think the public sentiment's good on this as well. <laughs> Oh, I'm so glad I joined the Navy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that was exactly like my time in the Navy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's... that's uh, And I guess, like, as a, like a quick follow-up to that is that it made me... Well, it didn't make me. Like, I, I definitely did it. Like, I, I ended up buying Ace Combat 7, Unknown Skies, or Skies Unknown, whatever it's called, and then... It had Top Gun Maverick DLC, so of course I had to buy that. Um, Microsoft Flight Simulator also has a, Maverick yeah. DLC. Yeah, but that's more like just like flying. So I was like, ah, you know what? This one at least can, it's more like arcadey, so I can just jump in and just shoot around. So it's it's been like a little bit of fun so far. It's like one of those like really basic Japanese PC ports. So there's like not really many effects. It's just kind of like on or off for a lot of things. <laughs> Like, you you yeah. couldn't actually select 4K as a resolution until you close the game and then restarted it. Then it somehow shows up in the menu. It's like what? <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that it's it's it's. I've only played the first mission, so uh, the crazy thing about it is that in in this in a lot of the games they actually take place in an alternate reality uh, version of earth called the strange real universe and in this like there's like 1984 style like versions of the european and you the kind of u.s continents and the countries and like like u.s is called ucr it's like usea and and stuff like that like there's like some of the some of the previous games have um had a lot of like have been commentaries on war and how and like actually didn't have black and white villains like you actually saw things from the perspective of of a, like a pilot on the other side and you built sympathy for them and a respect for them and like you saw like you know villages and stuff getting destroyed like it's it's it had a lot more like in-depth kind of like just things to say than you'd expect from a a jet shooting game <laughs> like, but yeah uh, i don't know if this game has a lot of that i still haven't gotten into it um, but like, by all means, like the fans were like super into them. Like the games have enjoyed it so far. Apparently, I mean, what we yeah. what we've done is confirmed that Tom Cruise exists in Stranger. Yeah, exactly. Like somehow, <laughs> I mean, somehow Tom Cruise returned. Some, somehow, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'll um, I'll I'll kind of leave it there for the jet talk, and uh and uh and uh maybe swing things over to to the going from the strange reel to the to the upside down and the and the stranger things season four 
John, you've seen episode one to seven. I've seen one to five. Kai, I know you've been moving. I'm not sure if you've had the chance to see see it yet. I I throw myself on the pile. I've seen episode one and two of season one of Stranger Things, and that's wow. it. Wow. Wow. I am okay. so out of the zeitgeist. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Maybe we'll do like the long in-depth conversation. Might have to do that next week. No, no, no. Oh uh, no! I was thinking maybe we should keep it until next week because we have been running a little long. Holy so shit! Yes, thinking... we are at two hours, I think. Yes. Oh, jeez. Oh, oh, oh no! Not up. I think I don't think we're at two hours. No, yet. not yet. Not yet. Okay. Right. That's right. time I could have watched Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> oh, I'm not gonna get that time <laughs> back. Um. All I can then what I'll put it this way is that like. I've really enjoyed what I've seen so far. Um, I found it a, I, I found it like probably even more gripping than like some of the older seasons. Like I don't know, there's just the the concurrent storyline that there's always happening, like that the the shows always had. I think is like, I don't know, it's really really working well. The characters, the dialogue, everything just kind of like, it like fits like a glove, and you're just kind of like moving to the next step. Like you just you don't want to put it down. You just want to keep binging it some um so gotta watch episode six and seven and then eight and nine come out july i think 11th yeah. of july so a couple of oh weeks. yeah well, four, four well weeks yeah like we'll try and keep i won't talk too much but it's like i, I do think it's worth mentioning how incredibly long every episode is 100%, every episode is yeah. at least 70 minutes yeah <laughs> and then and then episode seven is an hour and 40 it's feature length yeah, it's a feature. Yeah. It's like, yeah, and then, as long as most then, movies like that. And we already know the lengths for eight and nine, which come out in like the start of July. Eight, I think, is an hour and fifteen minutes, but nine is two hours and a, two and a half hours. Wow, <laughs> which is which that's is just, not a TV show anymore. That's what I was saying. It's like what? it's not a television show anymore. It's like a movie. movie. <laughs> so why not? But it's like just make episode ten. Yeah, it's right. not. What? Yeah, I don't get it. I don't Look, get not, it. To, anyway. not to criticize a show I haven't seen, but learn to pace your episodes. That is actually a little bit of an issue, I think, so far. <laughs> I, I have been enjoying yeah. it a lot, but I think as I got to the end, I have like the issues I had with it. Kind of, I was like more aware of it by the time I got to the end. It's like, oh, I see the problems I have with it now. It's like, um, but we'll, we'll get into it next week, I think. Mm-hmm. Once you've had a chance to watch the other two episodes. I will say, I, yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Kai. I would love to be wrong. And please correct me if it turns out I am. I am skeptical that in two and a half hours, there is not a place where you could have cut it <laughs> and made an episode 10. Yeah. I, yeah. I, don't, I guess we'll see. We'll, yeah, we'll <laughs> I'm sure I, I have a feeling you're right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would say so too. But one thing I will say is that we're four seasons into the show. And by all means, it sounds like this is the final season. It seems like it anyway. I don't know if it's confirmed. Yeah, but there's actually another one. <laughs> oh, coming. Oh, with these people, is like a spin-off, like a, telling a different No, story. there's like, there's a fifth season coming. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Oh, then why is this it one does so feel, long? It does feel like kind of the end. <laughs> it it does. Then why is this one so long? Anyway. This sorry. one is like, yeah, okay, we'll go into it later. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll talk, we'll, we'll have more to say, I think, next month, but... It, we, we're four seasons in, potentially a fifth one coming, yet we still haven't met the parents of the only two main black characters. 
Is that true? Oh, no, they come off, don't they? No, I they, thought they did. No, they, they still haven't shown the family. Like, their family. You just see the, the younger sister, and you see you see Lucas and his younger sister. But we still... No, don't... they definitely come up, because it, it comes up in the show, so maybe you're just... Maybe it's the episode after you're at. Okay. Cause it, it, but you're probably right, and they haven't shown up before, though. That which does is, sound which is, correct. like... Um, like SNL did a skit about that in in like two thousand, like you know, whenever the f- like just after the first season, saying like they do like a mock, like a fake behind the scenes of season the making of season two, and they had like an outtake with like you know people playing the the um the black um like the black kids like uh at the Sinclair's like um parents and like how they like how because of um. Like, the joke is that, like, they're the only ones who see how ridiculous everything is around them. And, and that's, like, I'll, 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 I'll send it to you after this, John. But um, right. if, if, if folks at home look up, you know, SNL, Stranger Things, uh, it, it, it's, it's actually pretty funny. It makes a pretty good point about, like, how ridiculous everything is and how it sounds. But, yeah, uh, I'm, I mean, I guess I'm happy that we finally get to see that the this this token black family exists. <laughs> is the only yeah. one of the kids' parents who we finally get to see after so long. Yeah, well, well, um, again, I'm sure we'll get into it a bit next week. But diversity has not gotten much better. That's definitely something worth mentioning. Oh, okay, oh, that's good decision. to know. No, no you've watched it. <laughs> like oh, it hasn't okay. gotten much yeah, better. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know about six and seven, but yeah, one to five hasn't really changed. Yeah, very white. Um, but yeah, <laughs> enough Stranger Things talk. <laughs> um but yeah uh kai can you can you regale us okay. about all right uh well look while you to watching stranger things and and top gun um i went out and watched everything everywhere all at once i um, mean how you managed to do that like to do everything so like to, to watch everything like yeah i, mean, I did that while juggling time. a move oh, so wow. yeah <laughs> yeah i mean you probably had to yeah. enlist the help of your your other selves across the universe, multiverse to to get you. I, get you I absolutely did. <laughs> uh, that that was my my main thing. It's, it is obviously a multiverse movie. Mm. Um, the so second it, one to come out in in like two yeah, months. it's gonna get compared to multiverse of madness. Yeah. My problem with with the Doctor Strange one is there wasn't much of the multiverse in it. They did like two no. universes. No, there was like one <laughs> sequence where you went through, and then yeah, you're right. It it um, it could have done more. Yeah, definitely. But everything, everywhere, all at once feels like a multiverse movie. Cool. Like that's awesome. There are obvious, obviously a few a few key ones, um, but off the top of my head, I can think of about six key ones that keep coming back, mm. and amount of million other. Um, other either one-off jokes or little dramatic, you know, mm. moments. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what got me about it is just the the ultimate simplicity of the story. It's got all the sci-fi trappings, you know, dimension jumping. Oh, let's go to a different multiverse, whatever. Uh, I, ultimately, the story, kind of like the original Top Gun, is not about <laughs> not about the fancy jets. Uh, it is yeah, a little a family drama about this the people. middle-aged woman trying to find herself mm. um, and figure out what's important to her. Yeah, um, uh, which uh, I really like. 
and and as far as I understand, just just maybe for my benefit and for folks at home, maybe and and John as well. Like, this is how I've understood the story to be. Like the premise is that uh, this person uh, basically finds out that there are other universes out there, and that other versions of herself are like super like competent at fighting at at different skill sets and stuff right is that and then like kind of the the i guess the shenanigans and stuff that'll ensue from discovering that and and you know uh whatever you know the consequences of that are is that essentially the premise of the film without spoiling essentially the the big thing is no one can physically travel to another universe um, okay. What they do instead is they can transfer their consciousness into another body. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. So the Scarlet Witch trick, gotcha. Yeah. A, a little bit, yeah. Um, <laughs> then obviously in in Universe Prime, they have some of those skills, mm. um, and they get to see a little bit of this alternate universe that they've just visited. Mm. Um, but it's all all very very sliding doors. It's all about you. Know, this is what your life would be like if you made this decision instead. Yeah. Um, and it sometimes, yeah, <laughs> it goes through, not all the time, sometimes it explains exactly how things played out. Yeah. Um, I don't want to, don't want to spoil it. There is one sort of joke universe where people have hot dogs for fingers. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> and some of the characters are like, how did this come about? This is ridiculous and stupid. Uh, and it goes into this brilliant parody of a space odyssey. Um, <laughs> oh. The, um, oh wow, that is fascinating! Apes at the very start of that movie. Oh um, my! It just does God. that. Oh, wow, I should. I, I think I know the scene you're talking about. Yeah, um, but the the apes kill someone with normal fingers, and it's revealed they all have dogs. <laughs> wow! The Wow, I gotta, I gotta watch this movie. That that sold it. That sold it to me. It's a pseudo. It's a spiritual successor to Sausage Party. Like, what else could you want? You know, the the mag, the Seth Rogen magnum opus from like a decade ago, or whenever it was. I genuinely, this easily my favorite movie of the last decade. Wow, like, I've heard really good things about this as well. Like, um, similar to Top Gun. Like, I haven't heard anyone say anything bad about it. Yeah, um, it's. It's while well, the underlying story is is quite dramatic and you, know, mm. you can you can feel those emotions at play and um, you know the tensions. This would be a great movie without all the sci-fi trappings. Yeah, um, just purely a dramatic piece like an amateur theatre society would do. <laughs> but this is so funny. Yeah. Okay. It's, yeah, I, okay. I think sometimes it's um. Maybe sometimes those are the best sci-fi films where if you take away the sci-fi stuff, it's still a great drama or a great story there. And then I think then the, then the it's like it's like Star Wars ep- like episode five. Like, well, for me personally, like Empire Strikes Back, I think if you took the sci-fi stuff away, it's still a, like a very, very cool story about, you know, someone like a son reuniting with his father who has been you know, who has gone over to, you know, like, to, 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 uh, like, a, a different side of morality that he doesn't agree with and has committed different, you know, he's part of a regime that's committed different atrocities and war crimes and things like, like, you know, there's a lot of other things that you can kind of find parallels to 
Um, yeah. Those, like, those yeah. characters are still really resonant even yeah. without all the exactly all the bells and whistles. Of and the then when you add the bells and whistles in, it becomes even like yeah, you can. There's a suspension of disbelief that allows you to kind of get lost in the lore. And I think that's what makes. I think sometimes that's what makes great sci-fi. Is they can sometimes it provides commentary, or sometimes it's just a really good narrative, and it just happens to have the the sci-fi around it. Yeah, I mean, you, watching a movie or reading a book or any sci-fi, you don't connect with a lightsaber. You connect with the characters. Yeah. Um, so it's about making those grounded and and us understanding them, um, and I think yeah. it does this really well. Yeah. Um, while also being really inventive and funny, and yeah. just, it's fun to watch. Yeah, like and, a lot yeah. of movies, even the ones that are supposed to be fun, they don't feel yeah as fun as they used to. Yeah. Um, and it's it's something interesting because like, so my wife hasn't seen episode one, two, and three. She's seen episode four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Right. So I was like, oh yeah, we should watch uh, Obi Wan. That's the that's the new film. She's like. What's that? What's what's that about? I'm like, oh, it's about Obi Wan Kenobi. She's like, who's that? I'm like, oh, I remember the old guy from that one movie. <laughs> that old guy who was in two scenes. <laughs> that was a, and then he. <laughs> and, <laughs> you remember that jobber who got chopped down by Darth Vader? <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally, yeah, literally, like he he's in it for one movie, but half that movie he he insists his name was Ben. Remember that old guy who did nothing but lie the entire time he was on screen? Yeah. Lied to a minor <laughs> and kidnapped guy. like assist in his escape against the against the uh, the you know the instructions of his surviving guardians. <laughs> I, I hope that Obi Wan Kenobi TV show explains at exactly what point Obi Wan decided to just start spewing yeah. bullshit everywhere. Exactly. So I think this is gonna be like Obi Wan's gonna be a show that only I We'll watch. Oh, hey, we've got someone in chat. Hello, hello. Hey, Mekong. Oh, no. It's a bot. Never mind. No. I mean, I would like to be famous, but no, I'm, I'm all oh. good. Thank you, Mason. Um, yes. Uh, please, please send me pictures of hot singles in my area. <laughs> I'm so lonely. Uh, announcing Double Jump version 4. It's going to be exclusive. No, anyway. Um, yeah, so, yeah. That's the thing, like, I just realized, like, you know, for someone like her, Obi-Wan has no significance whatsoever in the lore. He's not even mentioned in the new trilogy, like in the the trilogy that just happened. I don't even think... Yeah, that's actually... That's an interesting point, actually. (laughs) It's um, like, it's so nostalgia heavy. It's so reliant on filling the gaps. The new trilogy named named Kylo Ren Ben after him, right? Oh, that's, that's right. Yeah, that's the yeah, only, but role. only in the first movie. Like, if you like, you'd forget that because it was only in one scene. Yeah, and I think maybe in in yeah yeah it was because like because like um, but also yeah why why did Leia and Han name their child Ben? Because they had of no one, right? Yeah, but they had no connection to Obi Wan. I mean, I guess Leia kind of did. Leia knew him somehow, which is the yeah. one the show is kind of covering, actually. Remember, but like, I guess Leia knew... sends for Obi Wan Kenobi. Um, True. So while while that is Luke... a that was a weak connection, though. I agree. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> like technically, while Luke has um, while Luke was on like farming, <laughs> while Luke Luke was on Tatooine, stuck on Tatooine, which which is where all good Star Wars goes to die. I feel like, <laughs> like in, yeah. in the modern context, um, as soon as you return to Tatooine, <laughs> yeah. you're done. 
and uh, like Leia actually was adopted by the Organa family, you know, the the and and was around the rep- like the re- the rebellion like from pretty much she was a kid. So that's why like sh- like technically Obi-Wan has more to more to talk about from that point of like is more relevance there from her point of things, but the Star Wars story always followed the Skywalkers in terms of Luke. So you never got that side of anything. Yeah. Like, I mean, on yeah. a side note, Leia is a far more interesting character than Luke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, she actually did shit. <laughs> yeah. Also, far more tragic backstory. Her home planet blew up. And, like, two scenes later, she's comforting Luke because an old guy he met once <laughs> died. <laughs> Let himself die. He literally gave up in the middle of the fight. Yeah. Like, and then, like, and then just I mean, it sucks to be you, Luke, but times that by about three billion. <laughs> Yeah, and then at the beginning of episode five, he's trolling Luke by like appearing, like talking to him. No, yeah. he trolls him at the end of episode four, like by yeah. just like fucking off and then saying, oh, by the way, do as I tell you. Yeah, an old guy died, but not really. Yeah. His planet blew up and yet she's the one doing all that there. Uh, like the old man, the old man, uh, a, a young man uh, goes to an old man to 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 like you know for help. The old man teaches the young man how to handle a lightsaber, and then disappears. That's 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 the plot of that's the plot of Star Wars. <laughs> crazy old hermit, <laughs> Cra- yeah, teenager, crazy. a weapon of mass destruction, yes. dies. Who holds the fate of millions and millions of people across the galaxy? And who denies who he is for like the entirety, almost the entirety of the film? Oh man, I like I, I feel bad, but now I want to go watch. Now I'm gonna make her watch Star Wars episode one, two, and three. Cause like, <laughs> what a great husband! <laughs> yeah, that's just she has to know what, what we went through. She has to know what 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 it feels like to be a Gungan. Like she has to live that life. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but anyway, um, that's gonna that's gonna do it for. I think that's gonna do it for this episode. <laughs> I think we've we've yeah. we've been rambling on enough for all sorts of different uh different sci-fi worlds and 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 spreading Incredible controversial how, how opinions. You and I, Abir, can both make an effort not to go on these tangents that we so often do. Yeah, but it, it'll still coming happen. Up on, <laughs> it'll still happen. Two hours. And then John's left to pick up the pieces and get get us back on topic. <laughs> I feel like that's a generous description of what I did. <laughs> I feel like most of it is just not contributing more. <laughs> nah, that's you, you, that, that's John, that's what John grits his teeth and gets through it. You you you, 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 you play the straight man to our color commentary. I think that's how it works. That's that's you, you're the voice. Yeah, that of is reason. how it works. Yeah. <laughs> Every few weeks, a beer says, "Hey, let's get Kai on as a guest again, and let's block in three hours instead." <laughs> uh well let's uh let's uh let's wrap up the show it's uh you know always always a pleasure to to be able to talk and i guess uh as always a double jump is uh double jump and double jump radio is uh made possible thanks to the support of our wonderful members um you can go to doublejump.co slash memberships and uh sign up today you can also join via uh pa- our patreon at patreon.com slash double jump um, and uh, you know, feel free to follow us on social media uh, at at 
double jump like completely on um on Instagram at DBL jump on Twitter and Facebook and at double jump dot uh, at double jump co on uh Twitch. Uh it's uh yeah and as always you can always uh send us your questions or your responses to any of the the opinions that you disagree with at podcast at double jump dot co. But yeah that's um yeah quitter you uh quitter <laughs> Kai, your Twitter is a. Uh, uh, my Twitter is at Kai Holroyd. Kai uh, underscore Holroyd. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Abir, for reminding yes. me what my. Twitter I, I was is. tagging you on the social media for for today's thing, and I was like, "Why is it not showing up?" And then I realized there's an underscore in there. Yeah, um, I put that in just to throw everyone off, and it's finally backfired on me. <laughs> uh, and you can find uh, John on Twitter at, at John Reeves DX um, for you know uh, all, all. I guess the the more mostly, sensible mostly tweets, retweets, mostly yeah. retweets, and sensible retweets of um, uh, things, uh, all all things gaming related. I guess a, a variety of different topics, and you can find me. I wouldn't bother following me on Twitter because I frankly don't have much to say on there. <laughs> You're better off following at DBL Jump to get all the awesome updates from our team. But yeah, um, I think it's uh, I think it's time for the outro. Let's let's kind of take a little bit easy. Kai, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's, uh, especially on the day that you're moving. <laughs> yeah. Big ask. You are a crazy <laughs> man. But at least you're not in darkness anymore. That is nice. <laughs> and it John, always, uh, always a pleasure to uh, shoot the shit with you. And, uh, you know, I, I, I hope that you see Top Gun Maverick. You both see Top Gun Maverick. Maybe we can do our own kind of one break. Okay, send off to us. I hope we see Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, take care, Bye. everyone. Good luck with strangers. <laughs> uh, yeah, that'll definitely be something that we'll uh, control. Um, sorry, that'll be something that we'll uh, we can definitely talk about. Maybe in three years when you catch up. Yeah. Otherwise, John, we'll we'll do a proper breakdown next month. Yep. All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Thanks, guys. Um, not sure what else to say. I, I'm always terrible yeah. at these parts. No, no, it's but, all good. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs>